What up, what up? Welcome back to the There's More podcast. This is Hannah Nitz. This podcast exists to help you know and learn and experience that there is more in your relationship with God. And every week, I want to bring you topics, conversations, verses, thoughts about what it looks like to engage your relationship with God in this new, deep way. So that's why I'm here. That's what I get jazzed about. And today I'm talking about the fact that churches are closed. They've been closed for about three weeks now, and it doesn't appear to be stopping anytime soon. And I think it's okay. Like, I actually think it's okay that the churches are closed and maybe even have a controversial opinion that temporarily pausing all Christian churches and communities and Bible studies and all that stuff uh, could actually be better for the long-term health of us as Christians, believers, Jesus followers. So controversial opinion coming at you. So I'll be talking about that today. Excited that you guys are going to listen in. And I do also have a bonus, a little segment from my mentor of 20 years uh, turned best friend, Noelle Beck. So she is going to be talking more about what it looks like to engage God with no church, with no Bible study, with no other person. What does that even mean? So really pumped about this convo today. Glad you guys are listening. And here we go. All right. Well, as Mulan says, let's get down to business. Okay, so it's okay that the church is closed. That is um, a kind of unusual sentence to say. But as coronavirus started shutting down all the churches, this was literally my first thought is like, I'm okay with this and it actually could be good. So let me paint you a little picture. Uh, Let me bring you into my brain and what I've been processing with God with all this. Okay, so to start off, my husband and I have been in our church for a decade, if you can believe that. Doesn't that make us sound like like such adults? Um, We prioritize going each week. We are involved in biblical community. We tithe. We volunteer. We attend our church events, church outreaches. Uh, man, we talk people into coming to us with with us to church all the time. Like we love our church. And I just want to start by saying that and that's not going to change. And my prayer is that um, I personally, that my family, that we will always prioritize and invest in our local body of believers. And I just want to start with that because that's important. Like I love the church. Friends, but as churches across the country have had to close their building and put a pause on all of these in-person get-togethers, this is where I've started to say, I think this is okay. Okay, so imagine that your relationship with Jesus, so your interaction with God, um, your prayers, just all of it, you know, your whole relationship with Jesus, it was a time card. Like one of those old-fashioned things you see in movies. (laughs) where you pick up the paper time card and you like push it in the little machine and it's like boom and you clock in and clock out with this piece of paper. Imagine that you have one of these, okay, for your relationship with God. 
And every time you interact with God, you punch in and punch out. You keep track of every hour, of every minute that you are investing in your relationship with God. Here's the deal. For that past decade that I was talking about of my life, I would say that probably 90 to 95%, honestly, probably even higher than that. I'm going to stick with 95% of my card, which is representing my time with God, my relationship with him, was filled with church and church activities. Seriously. Like, I've been consistently learning from our pastor, attending Bible studies, being in small groups. Our church calls them life groups, uh, leading a life group, listening to podcast episodes or follow-up things from our church or just the church as a whole. Um my relationship with God for, for 10 years was continually encouraged by other people and taught from spiritual leaders that I looked up to. And that's awesome. Like, it is incredible that we live in a time and in a country and in an area that we are like, I am so surrounded and saturated by leaders in the church, by men and women who love God. And I've learned from them and loved it. Like, that's been good. But here's my butt. My world really started to shift in 2018 when my sweet, precious son was born. And I think a lot of moms can relate to the world-shattering feeling <laughs> that can come at times with having your first child. Um, honestly, I could just do less and less of my Christian community stuff. I really could. Like, I had this brand new baby, and my life group that started at 7 p.m. every night all of a sudden was difficult. Not every night. One night a week was all of a sudden difficult to come to. Um, my child cried every time I put him in the church nursery. So um, most of my time at church was spent rotating between my husband and I, cry like, trying to get Harvey to calm down or being out in the lobby holding him. Um. I wasn't as involved just in general in Bible studies and things with this new commitment <laughs> of a small child. Um, and man, I was just not excited about listening to sermons in my free time to catch up. So it was like my time at church started to dwindle. My time with other Christians started to dwindle. And all of a sudden, that time card that I'm talking about that keeps track of my relationship with God, this hypothetical time card, um, it was very sparse. Like there was not, there wasn't a lot on there. And I honestly just didn't know what to do. Like as I wasn't being connected by other people and Christian leaders and in the church, I just kind of, I don't know. I just, my relationship with God also took a pretty big hit in 2018. And over this last year, God has drastically changed this in my life. Like, drastically. Like, zero to 60, do a 180, whatever cool phrase you want to use here. Um, I've begun to make this shift in my life where church and church activities are no longer my relationship with God. They serve to encourage my relationship with God but they alone are not my relationship with God. 
Okay, so here, this is how this all, this is why this matters, why it's all tied in. Okay, the coronavirus is highlighting a larger problem, truly, that like the church has, that we as believers have, and it's that, it's this. Many believers aren't sure how to engage God without other people around them or other people leading them. I mean, I can speak for myself. That was me in 2018. And as I look at Facebook posts and I'm talking to friends, I'm just like, wow, this is this isn't just me who had this problem. The coronavirus is really highlighting as all these churches are closed that we are all feeling this. No worship band leading us. There's no pastor teaching us. There's no small group sitting around our family room asking for prayer requests. Um, For many people, this is like brand new territory, which makes sense. I mean, we've never in our life not been able to go to church. I mean, for the most part, you know? Um, And I just like if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, crap, I think that's me. Um, I just want to encourage you because, again, one a little over one year ago, that was me. Like, I could have said that exact same thing that when church was taken away, I really didn't know what my relationship with God was. Um, but y'all, my time card that I'm talking about here, this hypothetical <laughs> time card, hope you like the analogy because I'm really pulling it through the whole episode here. Um, it's flipped. Yeah, I would say probably now 75% of my time card of my relationship with God is just me and him. No one else, like no other author, no pastor, no small group. It's just me and God. And probably 25% of my relationship with God is now the church, the Bible studies, the Christian community. And friends, this is not because I devalued the church. Like, this is not me being like, oh, well, the church isn't as important anymore, so that's why my time card flipped. This happened because I increased the value of my understanding of my time just with God. Really. Um, Man, I use this analogy all the time, but... It's just like any other relationship or marriage. Like if my entire relationship with Kayla was built around other people, you know, we hung out with other married couples, we read books about marriage, we sang songs to each other about how much we loved each other, uh, we'd still be married without ever spending one-on-one time together. But our love would be shallow and our growth would be capped because there's a different growth that happens on that one-on-one time. And Friends, I share this because this is what I was doing with my relationship with God. I was so busy. I was so busy trying to invite people to church, to lead small groups, to get coffee with Christian women, to make sure I never missed a Sunday morning sermon, that I did not make time to pursue God on my own. Because I looked at my calendar and my schedule and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm spending so much time with God. Like, Some weeks I go to church twice and I go to Bible study and I Marco Polo or text with my Christian friends. Like I'm interacting with God so much, but I wasn't. I was missing the best part. And friends, that's why I want to let you know that there's more. Like there's more to your relationship with God than what happens at church. 
Church is meant to encourage what is happening in private in your house. And friends, as I look around the church, I see men and women who are doing the same thing, that they're missing this most important part. Man, it's a game changer. So it's okay that the church is closed. It really is. Um, so what do we do instead? Like, what does it mean? Okay, the church is closed, but like, how do I interact with God? Or or what does that look like for there to be more while I'm quarantined inside my house? Like, how could I engage and grow in my spiritual relationship when there's no pastor and no life group around, no service project to be had, no person to disciple or mentor? Um I'm going to just bring in my friend Noel back here for just a quick 10-minute segment um, because Noel is the one who taught me this. She really is. Um, Noel, for as long as I've known her, has really engaged God differently than pretty much anyone I've ever interacted with. And I'll tell this quick story and then uh, let Noel take over, but... I uh I remember in 2019 it was in January it was while my world was crumbling down and I was in a really tough spot and I didn't know who I was and what this new mom thing mom what am I British mom thing <laughs> meant and um my relationship with God was just down to nothing I mean very very little regular interaction with him And uh, Noelle took me on a retreat with a bunch of women that she planned. And she rented this huge cabin and gave us uh, two days in this retreat center. And she cooked all the food, provided all the anything you could possibly need, the beverages, the drinks, the brownies, the ice cream, the comfy beds, the quiet time away from our kids and our families and our commitments and said, just go spend time with God. This was... um, One of the major things that shifted in me that started this whole journey of desiring and knowing God deeper, it was a pretty significant moment on this retreat because for the first time in probably a year, maybe two years, honestly, I sat alone in a room with no one else and no one telling me how to interact with God. And I just interacted with him, just me and the Bible and God. And that was it. And um, that's a whole nother story. But he taught me these three pretty significant things during this weekend retreat that rocked my world and spoke directly to the questions I was asking God. I came bursting out of my room uh, and I ran to the kitchen where Noel was preparing dinner for all of us. And I was like, Noel, you know, this is amazing. And God is showing me this. And I'm just sitting in my room weeping and I can't believe God interacts with me this way. And it's just amazing. A few hours later, I I went and found her again. And I said, hey, do you want, like, how about I help clean up dinner? And like, you can go spend some time with God while we're here. And just between her and I in complete humility, like just as someone who we've known each other for 20 years, she's um, been a huge spiritual mentor, again, turned uh, a BFF. I hang out with her all the time now. Um, she looked at me and she said, uh, you know, Hannah, I don't really need retreats like this anymore because I interact with God like this every day. Like I hang out with him so much and 
we have such a relationship that I don't need to go away on these retreats. So like, I like to be able to serve and help other women experience this time with God. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I was like, uh, what? <laughs> like this mountaintop experience I'm having where I'm seeking God in the quiet and the stillness for these longing questions in my soul. You do this all the time? What does that even mean? Um, man. So anyway, I could just go on and on about things Noelle's taught me. But here's a little bit from Noelle just on things she's taught me over the last year about the fullness of God and what it means, why it's okay that the church is closed and what it looks like for us individually, no one around, to interact with God, with the creator of the universe, just on our own. Today, I want to talk about the fullness of relationship with God because there really is nothing better that I've ever experienced. But first, I actually want to talk about Tim. So Tim is my husband. And when we first met, we actually met at our church. And then our church did a local outreach. And so the program that we were part of, the camp, the college program, did an outreach program. And so between those two things, I got to see him quite a bit. And so you do all the things that you do before you date somebody. You ask other people about him. You kind of try and understand a little bit more about him. This is before the days of social media, so I couldn't social media stalk him. Um, and eventually we hang out more. And so, but it was still always within the premise of the ministry. So one time he asked me if I wanted to go buy toys for the kids for the outreach program. So I did, you know, it was, it was a way to get me to engage him more, but it wasn't, uh, it wasn't the commitment of a date. Right. And so then eventually there had to be the, him pull the trigger and actually ask me out on a date. And so then of course we go on a date and then we go on more dates and then we, become serious, then we get engaged, and then we get married. And now we're 20 years later still married. Um, and I want to compare this for a second to a relationship with God. Um, at times, I'm, I think, and I'm afraid that we, um, we create our relationship with God, and we meet Him at church, right, which is great, and we get to know a little bit more about Him, and we get to hear other people's perspectives of Him, but what we need to do at some point is uh, move towards the full interactive relationship with God. This is the whole reason that God actually sent Jesus. is not just for heaven and for long-term relationship. God actually wants the creator of the universe who spoke things into being, then sends his son to die on the cross and raise again so that we could have relationship with him. He wants personal, daily, interactive relationship with him, not out of guilt or pressure, but out of his absolute love and adoration of wanting to be in relationship with his kids. And so what I see at times is sometimes as Christians, we stay in the, let's just hang out in the church phase. And I used him in our relationship as an example, because at some point our marriage would be super awkward or not, I don't even know if it could exist if we still only said the only way we're going to interact with each other is at the church. And sometimes we do this with God is 
our main interaction, our only interaction is at the church when really God wants full interactive relationship with him. I spoke at a church on a Sunday morning months ago and it was, um, and I titled my talk, You Don't Need Your Pastor. Now, don't get me wrong. I absolutely love church. I'm not saying quit church. I'm not saying don't love your pastor. What I'm saying is that God, through Jesus, have, has given us full access to all of his love, to all of his power, and to all that we need. And we don't need somebody more spiritual than ourselves. In 1 John 2.27, it talks about that we have, because of the anointing that is in us, we have no need that anyone should teach us. We don't need somebody more spiritual than ourselves. We don't need a third party to be in an intimate, interactive relationship with God. And it's like any other relationship. We wouldn't do that in any other relationship. We don't need to do it in our relationship with God. Sometimes we've turned a relationship with God into religion. And I did this for years and years. Or rights and wrongs. Like I got to read. I got, I, I have to read. And, and I have to do this. And there are days and moments it's more of a discipline than a desire. I get that. But overall, it's out of my desire to know God more and to be in relationship with him. And it's his desire that I do know him more and be in relationship with him. And I have experienced that full interactive relationship with God alone, time with him. Honestly, there is nothing better. I love Psalm 1611 because it says, you make known to me the path of life in your presence. There is fullness of joy. That is a thousand percent true for me in relationship with him, in my time alone with him. Honestly, there is nothing better than understanding the creator of the universe wants to interact with me and I get to interact back and it goes back and forth. This isn't just a God is super far away and he, you know, he spun the, he created the world and he spun it and then he just said, all right, peace out. I'm, I'm distant. No, no, no. God is so close and interactive. Actually, when Jesus left, he said in John 16, it's better that I go. It's gonna, it's John 16, 7, if you want to look it up later. He says, it's a good thing that I go because I'm giving you the Holy Spirit. And in John 14, 16 and 17, he says, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit to be with you forever. And he is going to be with you and he is going to be in you. God himself gives us his Holy Spirit. And sometimes, again, we think of the Holy Spirit is just here to convict us when we do something wrong or sin or screw up. No, no, no. The Holy Spirit is actually God in us who prompts us, who shows us things, who can speak truth to us, who can do all sorts of things. God himself says, I want a relationship with you so much. I'm even giving you a part of me in you. He also gives us uh, ways to interact with him through scripture. Uh, there's a reason in Hebrews 12, 4, um, it might be 4, 12. <laughs> he says uh, that the word is living and active, sharper than a, 14, 12. Uh, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to division of us, our soul and joints and the marrow and discerning the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. The reason that we can read something a thousand times and then suddenly it's new in the Bible is because of the way that God works. Every time that we sit down and interact with God, it doesn't have to be boring. It's actually growing an intimate relationship with 
the creator of the universe. And he cares about you and the little details of your life. And he cares about me and the little details of my life. And we don't need somebody more spiritual than ourselves to be in the middle. He's given us full access to all of it. And he wants relationship with us. And so I love this idea of scripture. He communicates to us through it. He gives us, um, obviously we get to know his heart and the way that his character, we understand that God is always good and is always for us. This is absolutely true. God is always good and is always for us. He's always cheering us on. He's not trying to trip us up. He's not hoping that we screw up. He's not hoping that if we fall, he can condemn us. No, he's holy and pure, perfect and pure. He sends Jesus to die and raise again so that he can see us as holy and perfect and pure in order to have a relationship with us. And he does over and over. It talks about his steadfast love, which means his unrelenting love. 196 times it talks about it. Um, I love that the word beloved over and over is used in scripture. Beloved, this uh, dear one, this loved one, he just loves us and wants relationship with us. He also gives us prayer. I think prayer is astounding. Over and over, Jesus talks about prayer. We have direct access to God. He created the world. He says, hey, I want relationship with you. And he gives us prayer, not just to ask for things. Sure, absolutely. We can ask for things just like kids can ask for things from their parents, right? We, God is our heavenly father. He wants us to ask for things. He wants to interact in those ways. But ultimately, God created prayer so that we could just communicate with him, right? He gives us direct access to him that we can just talk to him. We don't, in the Old Testament, you needed a high priest. You needed to go through all these different things to have any form of access to God. Jesus breaks all of that down and gives us full access to the creator of the universe. We can just talk to him. He hears us and he interacts back with us. It's absolutely astounding. He gives us the Holy Holy Spirit in us. He gives us scripture. He gives us prayer. He has set this up over and over in order that we can have relationship with him. And it's honestly better than anything I've experienced. Wow. Like what Noel is describing is what gets me pumped. It's the whole reason we I'm on this podcast is it's like, there's, there's just so much to experience (laughs) just at home with you and God. And guys, this is why I'm saying that it's okay that the church is closed. I don't want when, you know, during this quarantine time and this coronavirus time for you to just like take a break from all God. I'm saying as the church is closed, will you accept this invitation to push further in to what Noel is describing? This fullness of God. Wow. It is just so exciting. It's so exciting that we are invited into this, into this closeness and this interaction and this withness with God. And again, my tank was so full from church that I didn't know that I was starving and hungry for something deeper and personal with God. So, here we go. Coronavirus up here <laughs> showing us um 
given us an opportunity to pursue God in a new way. And uh, that's what I'm pumped about. That's been my prayer for the church as a whole. I've shared before that for me, there was two big pieces that happened. One was asking God for that desire, that prayer of God, I want to want you more. That's the prayer. You know, I would have said that, but at the end of the day, I was still watching the Kardashians uh, after Caleb went to bed instead of spending time with God. Or I would have said that I wanted that, but at the end of the day, I was setting an alarm to hang out with God in the morning, and then I would hit snooze and be like, I mean, I was just at church yesterday. I don't have to wake up early again to read my Bible. The desire wasn't there. Like, I, I didn't thirst for more of it. So... That was one step for me. When when church was gone, when I couldn't go because of my newborn, step one was asking God for a taste, a desire of something different. And step two, honestly, was, was intentionally spending quiet time, alone time, whatever you want to call it, with God. I always knew that this was something I was supposed to do. But I mean, I also know I'm supposed to like eat less carbs and work out all the time. And I don't do those things either. So like I just pictured spending time with God outside of the church, the Bible study, all that stuff. as just like extra credit. And I'm I'm coming to understand that it is not extra credit. It is like the most important piece of the class. Like it is game changing. And uh, guys. In this time, without church, will you do that with me? Will you ask God to give you more of a desire for him? Will you intentionally spend time with him, not texting your friends for prayer requests, not reading a book from another author about what God taught them, but just you and God? I challenge you. I dare you. To do it. And friends, when you start asking God for that and asking him for more, spoiler alert, he shows up. Whew. There's just so much to experience, friend. And I want you in this time when church is closed to be able to press into God in a new, a deeper, and a more way. Well, friends, thanks so much. Thanks for joining me on the There's More podcast. Uh, you can connect with me on my website, hannahnits.com. On the top, you'll see a little button that says say hello, which I always love a good hello. You'll also see um, an icon on that page to get to our Facebook page. You can now find There's More podcast on Facebook, just in case you need something else clogging up your newsfeed. So Thanks for hanging out, y'all. I want you to know it. There's so much more in your relationship with God, and you, sweet friend, are invited to experience it.